Hey, welcome to the Babes Talking Business Podcast. We are your hosts. I am Lauren. I'm a mama, wife, author, and a network marketing professional. I'm really passionate about empowering women to step into their power and becoming self-led, self-ignited, and excited when it comes to their finances, businesses, relationships, and life. So I love we have created this space where women can come together to rise together to have real and raw conversations and be reminded of their power, their worth, and their vision when they forget. Because when one woman wins, we all win. And sometimes we just need someone to go first to show us what's possible. And I'm Shani. I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur who loves to diversify the way I create wealth. And I love empowering and teaching you about it too. I'm an international speaker, a course creator, a professional network marketer, but my favorite job of all is being a mama. It's really important for me to fulfill my life's purpose with the impact and the work that I do. But my highest value is family. And so navigating the balance between being a kick-ass woman in business and a conscious mother is where I'm at and excited to share that with you too. Hang around me long enough and I'll show you how to step into your full potential and have you cultivating health, wealth, and fortune in a soulful and joyful way that feels good. Welcome back to the Babes Talking Business Podcast. This week we have something a little bit different in store for you. I was actually interviewed on a team training call for someone else in our company, another team in our company, and they asked me some really good questions that I thought we could share on the podcast in case this may be the conversation that you wish you had access to. So tune in to this week's episode where I got asked some of the questions upon reflection that helped me quantum leap in my business when I first said yes to starting a business in the online space. So some questions that I answered in today's episode was, what was my big leap moment in business? When did I decide to go all in and what inspired me to make that decision? How did I build the confidence to take big business action initially, especially when I maybe didn't have the confidence back then? How did I build my belief in the network marketing profession? What was the non-negotiable business action or activities I did each month back when I started my business and now as an elite leader, what does that look like? And what have been the biggest breakthroughs in my business over the last eight years? Obviously, I've evolved in business and I've broke through different seasons and different chapters and different challenges. So hopefully this conversation is something that can inspire you and help you on your journey, no matter where in business you may be. And definitely tag me in it. Let me know what you take from this. I hope it serves you. We have got some new content coming to you. We've been working behind the scenes busily to launch something very exciting that we cannot wait to share. So watch this space. And Loz, I just want to say a massive thank you. I'm just beaming with appreciation and gratitude because I know when I reflect on my journey um, six years ago when the live events used to be at Karawa Surf Club every Thursday night. And I remember so vividly the first few weeks of, uh, of my journey in this space when I was the closet network marketer and I was just coming along to these events to literally suss everyone out. And it was you standing up there one night. It was your story. It was your presence, it was your certainty, and it was just this energy that was beaming from you. 
and I probably haven't said this to you before and I should have, that was one of the first moments that really made me feel safe to stop dipping my toe in in this community and just lean in that little bit more. So you're in a very, very special person on my own personal journey, let alone inside this beautiful community. And I'm just so excited to gift these beautiful ladies that have earned this spot to be on this call today, um, some really beautiful time with you. So I wanna say thank you first. Um, I do wanna get out of the way initially. Loz and I are gonna have a bit of a big leap conversation today. Um, I'm gonna be, uh, it sounds like a very formal interview, but I really want to dig deep and I want to ask you some questions that, you know, maybe you have answered before, maybe you haven't, um, but just have a little bit of casual fun here with you today and dive into some big leap business energy. So before we get going, Loz, I thought maybe for those who um, haven't come across you yet, that maybe have just joined the community, and we certainly have some of them that earned their spot on this call last month, having only been in the business for a few weeks. Maybe a little bit around how long you've been here and what brought you to the beautiful Juice Plus community. For sure. Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me. And congratulations to all you lovely ladies for earning your spot here. Um, oh my gosh, we are talking about this last night. I caught up with Kim yesterday. I've been in this business for a seven and a half years now. Um, I actually, yeah, seven and a half years I've been in this business for now. And when I came across it, I, I think network marketing's come a really long way. I felt like I never used to go on social media. Maybe I was just in a bubble. I didn't know many people working in the online space, but I had so much stigma around it. I was like, I'm never going to do that. That's one of those pyramid schemes. Like I was not even open to anything like this, to be honest. Um, I always, I was the first in my family to go to university. So I wanted a job and a career that would allow me to just have an above average wage. To be honest, I never had these really massive goals. I was just like, I want to have an above average wage. I saw my mum sacrifice her career and do choose careers that would just work around three kids with school pickups and assemblies and holidays and all the things. So she would like clean offices and she was had a really good career before us kids came along and then she decided just to clean offices because that's what worked around three kids and I always just knew from a young age like I want to be a mum I've always been very maternal um, but I wanted a career that I could do around kids or at least a career that would allow me to have the flexibility to have a family and also have an above average income because I just saw a lot of women around me and my personal family um not really get the choice. They, they felt like they had to stay at home with their kids because financially that made more sense. But then I saw that the sacrifice that came to them of not having money later on in life. And unfortunately, a lot of the women that in my family, not my mum, my mum and dad are still married, but a lot of the my aunties were one of the two marriages that ended in divorce. And I saw them later on in life because of that time they took away to just be at home with a mama, home with their kids, not have assets, not have super, not be able to save being in rentals, trading time for money. So I saw really early on as a young woman how important it was for me as a woman to have my own money and to have my own career. So I think as much as that was hard to watch women in my life go through, I think it was a blessing because I don't know many women in their early 20s who already had those things ticking in their brain. So when I went to university, I was the first in my family to go to university. I studied psychology because I wanted a job. I wanted to, I was always passionate about mindset and why people do what they do. I've loved that. Um, and I wanted a job that was emotionally rewarding. So I got a job working in child protection. So I was a child safety officer 
and like I said, I've always loved kids, always wanted a job that was emotionally rewarding. I struggled a lot to keep work at work. Um, I would come home and not be able to turn off. So I burnt out really quickly. There's a lot of heavy stuff going on throughout the day. And so I was looking for something. I didn't know what I was looking for, but I just kind of felt like I can't do this. I was burning out energetically and emotionally in my early 20s. And I was like, I thought I did all the right things. I went to university, studied four years. I've been in this corporate job. But even then I was looking at the women who were working in that space who were, I was but by far the youngest there, they'd all been there for five, 10 years longer than me. And they had kids and families. And I saw them coming back when their kids were four months old after maternity leave and working 50, 60 hour weeks. And I just, I, I knew what I wanted my life to look like, especially coming into the chapter of wanting to be a mum. I just didn't know what, how, or what was possible. So I came across this business opportunity. Someone tagged me in a post on Instagram. Um, Shani had done a post. If you guys have ever seen Shani Thompson, She'd done a post saying she's looking for like-minded women who are passionate about health and wellness to work with. And a mutual friend of ours from university, because I didn't know Shani, tagged me and said, hey, like, I think you might be interested in this, like you could be good at this. So that's kind of how I came across it. Um, I, like I said, I came across it, didn't understand it was network marketing, hopped on a call with Shan and Anthony Golay. You probably know Anthony Golay as well. And back then we used to run it like an interview they interviewed me from a job interview and then I thought I was having a job and they told me I had to pay $165 to start the job. And I was like, this is a pyramid scheme. Like I said, so I said, no, I was like, you guys are one of those, probably those scams. I'm like, don't want anything to do with this. And I think being an academic and like, I've never been exposed to anything like this, had so many misconceptions. And I'm very grateful for my husband who is an entrepreneur and works in the business space and loves sales. And I came home to him and he was like, oh, no, network marketing is actually a really smart business model, especially for someone who has got the drive and has got the work ethic. Like you should have a closer look at it. So if it wasn't for my husband, I would have never circled back, but he understood the profession and here I am seven and a half years later and a massive advocate for the profession now that I actually understand how it works. <laughs> yes, I love that. Yeah, Dan, we're giving him a bit of a high five there as well. Thanks, Dan. So tell us, Lizzie, this call, um, we've, we've kind of given it, I suppose, a bit of a label being the big leap, all about, you know, owning where we're at right now, but also, you know, giving ourselves permission to elevate and take that big step that can feel big, but can also feel exciting and, and eager at the same time. So you've come into this space, um, you've said yes, you've had your interview. Uh, what was your big leap moment in this business when you really decided to go all in? And why did you feel called to make that decision once you were in the doors? You probably hear, if you haven't already, people say you say yes to this business twice. And to be honest, you're probably going to say yes multiple times. I feel like every Monday is a new yes because you've got to do a whole new week of recommitting. It never stops. But when I originally said no, it actually took me three months to circle back and did say yes. So that's just another little lesson. If you've, you could have someone that has said no to you that could turn around and be your next 100 Club NMD. You know what I mean? So don't write someone off. It's It was never a, a no. A no is usually a, a a point or an opportunity to open up a conversation to understand what's going on for them because Shannon did a really good job of understanding what I wanted and she knew I wanted flexibility. I wanted to travel and I was really passionate about making an impact in people's lives. So she circled back with that vision in mind. Um, so she held space for me. So said no, came back three months later. 
Although I said yes and opened up my virtual office, I didn't really treat it like a business. And maybe pop a one in the chat, if you can relate. You've opened up your virtual office. I think all of you are runners here. You wouldn't be on this call if you weren't treating it like a business. So maybe I'm not talking to you, but maybe you've been where I've been. But I said yes, but still was in the Juice Plus closet. Um, still had a lot of misconceptions. Um, still a little bit uh, nervous, didn't have the confidence, was, was scared to tell people as part of the profession, I think, because of my own misconceptions around the profession. Um, so I was in it, but not really in it. Um, I wasn't, I had a few conversations behind the scenes. I wasn't posting about the products. Definitely wasn't talking to anyone in person about the products. I'd rang my mom and a few best friends and I was like, they said, no, they don't have the money. So I had no one in my warm network supported me when I launched. So I was like, oh yeah, whatever. And, but what happened was the second yes, I feel like it, a lot of us are motivated by, there's two things. You can be motivated by the stick or the carrot. So the carrot's that shiny object. It's the vision. It's when life's really good, right? Um, but I find for a lot of us, especially at the start, we're motivated by the stick behind us. It's the pain. And um, it was the pain that made me say my second yes. I was like emotionally not okay in child safety. I had a child death happen and I had all the guilt from that. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I felt the system was broken. And in around that same time, I had got a call from my hometown. So my family lived 14 hours away um, saying that my mom, saying my nan was about to pass away. So I flew home to be there for my nan. And then in the same, if you guys have been around for a while, you might know my story. But in the same 24 hours of me going to the nursing home to see my nan, my mom actually had a massive heart attack and I couldn't stabilize her and airlifted her to Melbourne. Um, so I remember being like driving to Melbourne and I still to this day, it's, it gives me goosebumps. I saw this shooting star when I was driving to Melbourne thinking, cause my intuition told me to go home to say goodbye to my nan, but I didn't know if she was going to pass away then, or if I'd be there to the funeral, all the things that kind of happened at that age. But I saw the shooting star and I wasn't sure if that was my nan passing or if that was my mum passing and getting to Melbourne and not knowing if I was going to lose my mum and my nan in the same 24 hours. And I was really lucky we got to got to Melbourne, they were able to stabilize my mum because they had flown her from my hometown, Albury. Um, but by the time they stabilized mum, we got the call that my nan had just passed away. So we weren't there for my nan as she passed. And that hit me really hard because here I was literally, I'd given everything, like I mean everything to my job. And I loved that. I wanted, And when I say job, it's not just a job, it's kids. I was giving everything to kids that needed me and nothing left in my cup. And when my family needed me, I had no leave left. My mum had just lost her mum. She's had a massive heart attack. She couldn't grieve. I had two younger brothers who witnessed my mum have a heart attack and thought she had died. So like my family needed me and I had to fly back to this job. And I'm like, what's the point of giving everything to everyone and having nothing left in the tank if I can't even be there for my family when they need me? And that was my aha. That's like, I've got a gift in my hands that I can keep complaining about how life's not fair, or I can just go about creating a different reality. Um, and that was my, that was, I got, it was, it was that ugly cry, the really deep pain, that, that, that drive that you find from within you that just drove me for the next 12 months. That's where my real goggles came on. And I think the beautiful lesson in that is 12 months later when my poppy passed away, I had already, this, I created a full-time income in that time. And I took a month down at home and I was with my family to grieve. And that's how quickly life can change in 12 months from a decision. So that was my second yes. Wow, incredible. And so often what we think is in the way, all the reasons why we can't do this, we can use that as our rocket fuel, right? To be, well, this is why I can do this and this is how I'm going to do it. So 
at that point, Loz, then let's let's go back to that point where you said you really built this to that full-time income um, in that 12-month period. How did you start that off? Like, how did you build the confidence to take this big business action initially when, you know, you had no guarantee of the outcome? You didn't have the evidence back then to say, well, you know what, this is going to be the golden ticket. How did you step into the confidence of being that woman who took that action? A few things come to mind. Um, You've probably heard this business is 80% psychology and 20% mechanics. If you haven't, that's a good one to write down. This business is 80% psychology, 20% mechanics. And what I learned when I started plugging into trainings and listening to books and all the things was that actually this isn't a golden ticket. It's not a, well, it is a golden ticket, but it's not a lottery ticket. It's not like I might be lucky here. I might have success here. It's actually, you can depend on it if you do the work. And so I took the chance out of it. I took the emotion out of it. It's not a, if I'm lucky, if, if I'm successful here, it's like, I'm going to do the work in the next 12 months and I am going to be successful here because if I do the work, it's a proven blueprint. And that's what I love about this business. It's not like you're trying to recreate the wheel or it's a gamble. Or you're like, what if? It is a proven system. We, if, you, if you do what you are told to do and you do it consistently, it does work. So I started, I don't know, maybe, maybe pop a two in the chat if any of you can relate. How many of you are really good employees? Like I was, I turned up early. I was the last to leave in the office. I did all my workload and then I'd be given my other caseworkers workload because I was sufficient. And so I was like, if I can be that loyal and great to an employer, why can't I be, why don't I be my own best asset? Why don't I work like I'm going to, that amount of productivity, that great time management, that loyalty, that discipline, like you don't just show up to work and not know what to do, right? Like your job, you wouldn't just do that. So I was like, I'm going to start treating my business as a job. Like you don't just not show up. So I had the same discipline. I decided, all right, well, Monday to Saturday, I show up, I have a job and I put, this is what worked for me in this period of life and season of life that I was in. I was like, okay, well, 5.30 to 6 is half an hour in the mornings. That's when I work in my business. Um, So I got up and did the high paying activities for me, which was starting five to 10 new conversations. It was adding some kind of value, which was my post for the day. It was my follow-ups from the links I'd sent yesterday that was my half an hour. Then I got into the car and I used to have an hour drive each way on a good day um, in my commute to Brown's Plains where I used to work towards Brisbane and child safety. Um, so that hour a day and what I learned is the whole, what I was saying before, this business is 80% psychology. Um, there's a saying that the person who is most certain always wins in any conversations. If you have a conversation with someone about business, and the other person is more certain that it's a pyramid scheme than you are, that it's a legitimate business, they're going to win that conversation. Any sale is whoever's more certain. And I, my certainty was not there. I had a lot of naysayers already. I had doubt myself in the profession when I started. So to increase my certainty, my belief and my mindset, I use that two hours in my car every day. And I listen to trainings and podcasts and audible books, like two hours every single day. Um, and so like, there's so many great books out there. Like you start with Eric Worre's stuff and then you go to like this heaps. I could give you a list of this afterwards if you like a go to. Um, so I build my belief in myself, in the company, in the profession, in the products, in those two hours a day. And then on my lunch break, I just told my coworkers because 
you have 45 minutes a day. I had at least 30 minutes a day on lunch break. I didn't want to sit in the tea room and gossip and talk about stuff. Like I was time poor. So that was half an hour I could be working on my dream. So I would just tell them, hey, look, I've got my own business that I, I do outside of my job here and I, I need to go and work on my lunch break. So I hope you don't think I'm going to, I'm rude. I'm not going to sit at the table with you guys. Please don't think I'm, I don't want to be here, but I really need to use this time effectively. So I'd go sit by myself when everyone else would sit around the tea room and I'd work on my business and my lunch break. And then I'd drive home at six o'clock, seven o'clock at night, whatever that might look like. She never finished at five o'clock in child safety. Um, and then same thing, listen to the mindset piece. And then at night, I would have dinner and then I'd probably work two hours my business after dinner. And my structure was like my DMO, my personal stuff in the morning. On my lunch break, I was in my inbox having great conversations, asking great questions, inviting people. And at night after dinner, it was follow-up calls or starting strong calls or coaching calls with team. And I just took the emotion out of it. It was a job. It just If you do the numbers and it's not a what if, it's I, it will work because you do the work and it works. Um so that's kind of what the next 12 months look for me. It wasn't glamorous. And I think when it comes to success, I think a lot of people think it's supposed to be this exciting secret. But I think that most underrated secret here is it's just consistency and it's not getting emotional about the numbers and just connecting with why you're doing this in the first place. Like your own personal why, like I said, for me, it was the pain. I knew if I didn't do this, life wasn't going to look any different for me. Um, so I knew that I had to do it. But also I was thinking about the, the lives I was impacting on the other side of the conversations of the phone. Like how many other women out there were like me who thought they did all the right things, have gone to university, they're in a job where they're really suffocating and they can't find a way out. They've got family who have passed away and they've realized how important time is with family and they're missing all the time with family. Just things like that. And that's what helped me get out of my own way. And slowly and surely, I became a 10 out of 10 in the profession, which at the start was my biggest shaking point, but I was most certain. So I think it was the belief in the business and the profession because I spent so much time building it that also made me magnetic for team people to come in biz- and like what you said, Kimberly, when you came to an event, it was, I gave you the safety because my belief in the profession was so strong, but because it was so weak to start with and it was the naysayers and all the stuff that comes with starting a new business at the start that actually propelled me to make that a 10 out of 10 so I could be unshakable and so certain in that. It doesn't mean I wasn't always certain. Like you can be a 10 out of 10 one day and something might happen. Someone might say something and the next day I'm back to a one, but it doesn't take long to get back to a 10 out of 10. I'd listen to one training on the drive to work or the drive home from work. If I got a no on my lunch break or someone being nasty or someone saying something and it might shake me, but then I had to drive home from work to put some good stuff in my ears and get myself back to a 10 to start the next day refreshed, aligned, excited, inspired, and really clear on why I do what I do. And so, Lozzie, what would be some of those um, things to build belief in the network marketing profession? Like, was there a clip? Are there certain mentors or authors that you really lent into? And I know it's continual. Like, it's always reinvesting in that vision and belief in any in every area of what we have here. But when it comes to network marketing and raising that to a ten out of ten, what would be a couple of those specific tools? I've got a whole list for you. So let me give you one second. Um, <laughs> I'll even share this list with you, Kim, in case you want to share it with the team. But what we do in our team page is we actually have the four pillars of belief. So build your belief in yourself, the industry, products, company. And so we've collated all our best resources for belief in the industry. So these were the things that I listened to at the start. So um, 
The Audio by Jim Rowan, How to Build Your Network Marketing Business. Um, GoPro, Eric Warre. There's a few YouTube videos I can send as well. Um, the Documentary Rise of the Entrepreneur. The Four Year Career by Richard Brooke. Uh, Beach Money by Jordan Adler. Uh, the Flip Flop CEO by Janine Finney. Rich Woman by Kim Kiyosaki. This was a big one for me, actually. It's Rich Woman by Kim Kiyosaki and Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Not because I know about network marketing, but it's actually that that helped me have the financial education at the start, which made me realize how important and powerful network marketing was as a business model. Because for you to be able to create that same kind of residual income in this business, it shows you all the different other ways you'd have to do it. Like how much money would you have to own outright in property? to create 500 to $1,000 in residual income that you do here in this profession? Or how much money would you have to be sitting in a bank account earning interest to earn what we do here? And a lot of us don't have that capital. A lot of us don't have the, like, I was too scared to put the amount of risk in a lot of those other business opportunities or investment opportunities. So once I, reading those books, it gave you some really cool statistics about women in particular and the right reason why women need a second income, the reason why women need to invest, what our stats look like as if we are one of the two marriages that end in divorce, what our stats look like um, because we take on average, I think it's like 17 years away from the workforce to raise babies at 17 years. We're not creating an income, which we're not paying super. And then we outlive our partners and we might not end up being married to our partners and we have no money in our retirement to rely on. So a lot of women, once they retire, are actually living under the poverty line. And that was a really big eye opener when I was reading Kim Kiyosaki, which is around the same time, rich women that I made that second decision because everything she was talking about in the book, I had seen that play out in the women in my life and I'd seen it happening with my grandparents. And that's kind of was like the perfect storm for me to be like, I'm, this is not going to happen with me and my daughter. Like I'm making a different decision because when we know better, we can do better. And you can't claim that poor me when you knew and you did nothing about it. Incredible. And you've given us here laws as well. I know there'll be a few, I think I saw the pens all being um, taken out as you were sharing as well you know, the, the business action that you took on the lunch breaks and before work and after work. Sometimes I feel in this community, um, so many people think when I get to a certain stage in the business, maybe they're going to give me the secret sauce and that secret little bit of action that, you know, allows me to really grow and elevate here. Um, I know you love a good DMO and a bit of a checklist, and I know we've got that abundance hour there, but just love to hear it from you. Um, what What's the big business action that you feel just moves the needle every day in your business? I'll even, you know, I think it's really cool to look back on. I have a picture of the DMO I had printed on my diary back then that was on my diary that I had on my lunch break every day at Child Safety. So I'll even send it to you guys so you can actually see what it looked like. But we all have humble beginnings. <laughs> like it literally, and it's the same high paying activities we do now, but it was literally like five to 10 new conversations. It was adding value. My non-negotiable always, even seven years on is I send one inviter, one link a day. Like I still do that now. Um, back then though, and I can even show you, like, and I don't have a fancy system. I use a 30-day grid. I don't know if you guys use 30-day grids to write down when you're sending links to to follow up with. I still have mine from the last seven years, like from every wow. month. Like there's heaps of things here. But I can just show you, like I look, I wasn't sending one link a day though, just so you can kind of see when we talk about how much action we're taking back then. Can you see how many names are in one grid there? Like that's one month's worth of invites. Like I couldn't even tell you. There's probably like at least 10 
invites in each of those grids for that month. And they all look, they kind of, they all look very similar. That month. And the highlights, and the highlights for people that joined, but can you see how many people aren't highlighted? Can you imagine how many people ghosted me, said no, maybe, and it was never, like, I very rarely do you get a mean no, but they just know for now. And a lot of times they circle back and you're planting seeds. So, yeah, there's no golden secret. Like, there's no mm -hmm. starting conversations, adding value, ask, caring about people. And um, the people that do join, like caring about their dreams as if they become your own and then really being invested in helping them win. Mm -hmm. Incredible. And so tell us then, like you, you've been around here a while now and you obviously have also um, become such a servant leader and a very inspiring one. I know there's so many inside this community that look up to you as a leader, Loz, in this space. Um, being a leader, we don't escape challenge <laughs> or resistance. And I, I saw a quote the other day and it was actually, the more success you create, the bigger the obstacles that come with that, right? So when you think about even the last few years in particular, you know, what, what might be, what's been one of the biggest breakthroughs for Lauren Kerr and how has she moved through it? How has she moved through that? So many, so, so many. I try to think about what even might be relevant for a lot of you because they, the obstacles don't stop. Like I think about, I can, I can, you, you've probably heard that saying like another level, another devil. Like I can look back on my business and see the different devils that there were. Like at the start, the biggest challenge for me was naysayers. Like I actually coming from a small country town, we actually got, I got bullied a lot. But once I actually come out of the closet about Juice Plus, we had memes made about us paying us out. Like it was the heckling and the online social media bullying made it really hard to be proud of what I did. Um, I mean, I had family who I thought would support me. I saw them laughing and commenting on memes that were based at our team. So I remember, but that was also a biggest blessing for me because of their, their ignorance. It made me make sure I was educated. I wasn't emotional about it i just made sure i knew what this profession was and a lot of stuff they were baggies out for i'm like now you just look stupid because i actually understand the truth and you just look stupid so at the start the biggest obstacle for me was like not caring what other people thought and being like i've got to i make sure i know i'm, I'm coming from a heart-centered space i know what i'm doing is genuine i know my intentions pure but i also know i make sure that I had the belief and the understanding in the profession. If I didn't know something, I wouldn't get offended by it. Like, is there some truth in that? If there is, I'm going to go find out about it. If not, so that was a big thing for me. Um, I remember my next big hurdle was around QNMD. Um, I, I still remember sitting in Shani's car, bawling my eyes out because the goal felt so big. Like, I remember being like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not worthy of that. Like, who am I to be QNMD? Like, I can't do it. Like, like team rallying for you and the belief that you're not worthy and all those things. And I think what I learned from that was just leaning into mentorship, leaning into my mentors who've gone above me. Like you don't have to have it all sorted. And I think what I love most about this profession is I think about it as like the, you go, your leader goes before you and they jump just to prove that you don't fall, but they've got to do the scary things. And so Shani had just gone before me and I'm like, well, if she did it and she did it scared. It's my turn to, I'm going to do it scared. Um, so feeling the fear and doing it anyway and just leading into your mentors and just like being one step behind them, like keep on their tail, copy what they're doing, like just be teachable. 
And then my other big one, actually, which is my most recent one, I would probably say it's probably a combination of both in the last few years, um, has been becoming a mama (laughs) and learning how to do this business differently, but also not even realizing until I became pregnant. A lot of my lessons actually came to me in my pregnancy because I was so sick of my pregnancy with HG that I couldn't, it was kind of like having a newborn before I had a newborn because I couldn't work. And so I had to rewire a lot of my beliefs around how this business had to look because I was used to just getting it all done and doing it all myself. But it was like this surrender project. I'm not sure how many of you guys have read my book, but it was me learning how to surrender and learn how to do this business more in my feminine. Cause I was so used to doing it in my masculine around. I'm only worthy of success if I work hard. And if I'm not working hard and I still have success, then I'm, I'm cheating the system and learning the, le- the learning, I guess how to ask for help and learning how to lead in your feminine and, learning how to hold space for other people. There was so much, so much was in this whole motherhood journey because yeah, I was just so used to go, go, go and getting things done and being very, this is how you do it and not being flexible and becoming a mum has maybe become a better leader, I think too, because I am very flexible in how I do this business where I used to be like, I, I'll have 10 conversations a day and I'll send five links a day and I'll do this. And where I'm like, now I'll do it in a week. I have a weekly DMO instead of a daily DMO. And if something doesn't get done one day, I don't beat myself up about it. I just go again the next day. And I also remember that this business is majority is women helping women and you in your vulnerability, you in your flexibility, you in your feminine, you in your, like, it doesn't have to be perfect. That's actually what makes it relatable and calls other women in because the struggles that you're having on how to try and do this whole checklist and making it all look perfect no women can, most women can't do it, especially if they've got kids. So learning how to embrace those challenges and um, has been, I guess, my biggest challenge <laughs> personally in the last couple of years, but it's also helped my business thrive in a different way. Like I'm no longer pulling the shift all on my own. Um, it, it took that surrendering for me to actually have women that we lean on. And we have more, it's more of a collaborative business model where I think for the first two or three years, it was me just driving the ship and me doing all the work. So it feels, it feels way more spacious and nourishing the last few years. Um, But that, I think that's also been the ride of motherhood as well. Yes, absolutely. And it's a big one, right? It's a roller coaster ride. I call it a roller coaster ride. (laughs) So what then was, um, what keeps you, what's got you excited now? Like for the next chapter in life and business, as you said at the start, it was the stick kind of beating you forward. Fill us in. What's a little bit of your vision? What What's the carrot here? What continues to call you forward inside your Juice Plus business? Yes, definitely no longer the stick. And I think if any of you have pain right now, please use it to your advantage because that pain I can tell you right now, looking back, and I talk about it all the time, I was talking about with some of these leaders we caught up with yesterday. I That drive, I've never found anything like that. That's been that powerful to drive me in business, pain. And because once you're out of pain, you've got comfort. Life's really beautiful. And I still show up when I do this business because I'm passionate about paying the gift forward. But that like hunger, have to get it done attitude, it's very hard to harness that without pain. So if that's the stage of business that you're in, I as much as it might be hard and it's painful because you've got a lot going on, Please embrace it and know one day it will be your biggest gift because if it wasn't for that pain, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have had the momentum I had in my business and the excitement, the excitement that comes with that momentum 
And the relatability, it was so much easier for me to recruit clients and team back then because I was relatable. And a lot of women were where I was feeling what I was feeling. Right now, I find it really hard. And you probably don't need, you're probably like, sure, whatever. Like you're a leader and you've got a big social media following now. It's so much harder for me to recruit team because they think, they just put me up on a pedestal. Now like, you're eight years in front of where I am. I'm never going to get there. And I'm like, yeah, but you've got to start somewhere. Like Lauren eight years ago was just like you. So um, yeah, embrace where you are right now. But where I am right now, I'm very lucky. There isn't any pain. Sometimes I wish there was some to get me to harness that energy. Um, but life is very beautiful and very abundant. And I, like I said at the start, I actually built this business for this chapter in mind. Like I've always really wanted to be a mom. And I think that's something I keep having to catch myself on because I keep beating myself up that I should be wanting to drive and hustle like I did at the start. When for me, I'm actually living my dream. I'm in it right now. Like I'm, I'm working a couple of hours a day when Stevie sleeps. I'm enjoying beautiful, spacious days, living in a beautiful home. I've got my dream car. I've health is good. Family is good. I visit my family whenever we want. We fly mom and dad up whenever we want. We're going to the UK to visit my husband's family for Christmas for six weeks in Europe. Like all that was a pipe dream six years ago. Like I didn't have family around me. I didn't have the money to visit them. I didn't have the leave to visit them. Um, so I say that just to know that like, if you've got a dream and a vision on your heart, it's so possible here and it might not happen tomorrow, but it'll happen one day if you stay consistent. Um, so what's in store and what drives me and inspires me now is literally just paying this gift forward. And I think it's these conversations with women like you have already said, yes, who are, made, who are in this profession, who need to actually understand what you actually have. Maybe you haven't said that second yes yet. So hearing women have gone before you, maybe you're putting us on the pedestal, being like, oh, it was easy for them. But maybe you need to realize the pain that we had so you can harness your pain and really think about where you could you be in seven or eight years because this business isn't just a nice second income. Like it can be. And for a lot of families, that's a necessity right now. But this could literally be the vehicle that helps you create that life that's on your heart, like that vision that you have. And I guess my next big goal for me is I have a dream of having 100 empowered women at our next conference standing on stage who have all created that smart second residual income. And knowing for each of those women what that stands for and what that impact that's been able to have in their life, because I can't even start to think what my life would look like if it wasn't for this business and this beautiful company and industry and the community of the women that come with it. Oh, goodness. Well, I don't stop. Don't stop. It's just you're just so magnetic. And I'm watching all of the beautiful women on this call as you're speaking, Loz. And it's just this consistent, just in awe and gaze. So we love you we appreciate you we're cheering you and those hundred women along very loudly and proudly as well but thank you Ozzy. i appreciate you and all of this golden goodness i've got so many notes here myself um thank you and thank you for gifting us this time while i know you've got little stevie running around somewhere showing up to serve another team right it just shows your huge heart and we're super grateful you're welcome. Excited to see you ladies and where you're going to be in eight years time. I'm always here cheering you on. So um, keep making that magic and keep just reminding yourself why you're here and what you're here to create. And it's easy for life to pull you in different directions or for someone else's opinion to pull you down. But you've just got to make sure the noise in here is louder than the noise out there. <laughs> <laughs>